welcome to our channel as you take your time to listen to God's word today with us we believe and pray that this sermon will be a blessing for you as well as your family we are part of a series that I'm currently teaching called The Church Home. Thank you, worship band. Uh, called The Church Home. And we've been learning about, you know, what it means, what is church, what it means uh, to be part of a church, why church still exists, what is the importance of the church, what is God's role in uh, the church, and what is your role in the church. So in the part one of this um, Part one of this message, uh, we learned that church is a movement. Amen? Church is a movement. Everybody say, church is a movement. And, and, the, and the second part, we learned that church is global and local. Everybody say, church is global and local. All right. Today, I'm titling this sermon, We Are Stronger Together. Everybody say, stronger together. Now, listen to me. I am very hungry. So are you. All right, so if you can interact with me faster, we can get through this quickly, all right? Are you ready? Are you hungry for the word though? Yes, all right. We are better and we are stronger together. You see, God has blessed us uh, for, for past six years and God has been faithful. Why are we taking a moment this Sunday to celebrate and thank God and all that? Is this... You might even wonder, is this even biblical? Is this more about this church? Are they trying to make this church popular? No, it's not about King City Church. It's about the head of this church who is Jesus Christ. And it is so amazing for us to stop and think. If you look at the Israelites, whenever God brought them out of something and God completed a journey and then they moved, God asked them to build an altar. Everybody say, build an altar. Today, what we're doing is building an altar. But you know, there's something significant about six. Because six is so close to seven. Wow. Ooh, pastor, mind-blowing. There's something special about six because six is so closer to seven. Everybody say, hey, did you know six is so closer to seven? And I want you to be excited about it. I am not talking mathematically. I am talking prophetically. I am not talking mathematically, but I am talking spiritually. When God asked the, asked the people of Israelites to go around Jericho wall, they, and God told them, go around seven times. But they could have stopped at six. But they knew they were close to seven. And when they knew they were close to seven, seven marks the year of completion. Seven marks the year of God's work completely done. On day seven, God rested. He said, it is done. I am glad what I have done. And we are just close to that. We are close to experience a mark. It is not the 10th year. Spiritually, every seven is important. Right? And, and, and you got to understand, we are so close to seven. But it is also an important year for us as we travel from six to seven. So today what we are doing is we are pausing and building an altar. An altar represents a place that says, Lord, I thank you for all that you have done. 
But in this altar, we are not going to stay here. We are also looking forward to what you're about to do. And that is why you see in your journals, your beautiful journals, I can see some of you have already opened it and you're writing down. In the front of the beautiful journal, it says, let's continue the journey. Let's continue walking with God. Let's continue to be generous. Let's continue to uh, love each other. Let's continue to help each other. Let's continue to serve each other. Let's continue to see the goodness and the mercy of the Lord. Let's continue to see many salvations. Let's keep going. And the only way we can keep going is when we come together. Everybody say, I am in this together. Amen? Some things we learn as pastors and pastoral leadership, there are some things that we use as tools to understand the health of the church. And, and, and in, in the church, there are different kinds of people. Now, I'm not supposed to say this to you, but, but this is not to judge you, but this is just helps us in pastoral leadership, okay? Don't, don't use this on anybody, all right? Uh, we have the VIPs in the church. Then we have the VOPs in the church. And then we have the VDPs in the church. VIPs are the very important people. VOPs, they're ordinary people. And then VDPs, they have carried so many things in their lives that life has become so draining for them and they are pulling through and they need help. And, and you have all these three kinds of people coming into the church. VIPs are the vision carriers. They are not very important people. They are very invested people. They're invested into the church. They're invested into the vision of the church. They carry the vision. They usually talk like this. Our church. Our church, our church, our vision, our, 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 our church. And then there are some of you in the journey who are, you know, um, you are part of the congregation. You know, uh, you're, you're still here, you've been coming, but, but you are still in the journey of, of making this church your church. So you're, uh, usually the language is, is, is uh, uh, since I came to this church. Right? So, so it's not our church, it's, it's this church, but, but God brings a journey from this into our church. And then there are some people uh, who also feel it's, it's, it's uh, your church. I'm here, but I don't think I fully fit in yet. I'm still understanding. I'm still trying to figure, figure this out. I have some fears. I've been part of many churches. I've gone through some church hurts or this and that. I, I, just, I just don't want to get hurt. But, but I'm here. I'm here though. I'm here. I, I love you guys. It's great. But, but, but I'm getting there. Give me some time. All right? Now, as pastors... We serve all three, and we are called to serve all three equally. The reason being that we come with this ideology, so this, this, uh, this kind of mindset is because it is, we have seen and experienced that just being together doesn't unite us. You understand me? If you take a school, everybody's wearing school uniform, right? Just because they are wearing the same uniform doesn't mean that they are united. Uniformity is defined from unity. 
Now we could all sing the same song. We could all you know, read from the same Bible. But are we all at the same level? No, we are not. That's, that's how church is. So which means that you will experience differences. You will experience hurts sometimes. You will find that people don't understand and not everybody understands everything. But let me tell you something. It is beautiful that we are all in different levels, but we have one God who is so perfect and he has brought us all together for his greater purpose. Isn't that beautiful? For the greater purpose. You saw the testimonies that you heard this morning and some honest testimonies. And I really appreciate some of the te- um, all the testimonies. And also what Sister Renu shared is that, you know, they've been part of the church over three years. But hey, it took her time from, from this church to our church, right? Nobody can force that, but only the Holy Spirit can lead. And many of you will be in different journeys. But let me assure you something. We are better together. The reason why God built this church is that God, you can see the nation of Israel is a representation of church. They were all together physically, but in their minds they were not. Some wanted to build a golden calf. Some wanted to wait for Moses and Aaron to come back. Some wanted water immediately. Some wanted manna for the rest of their lives. All kinds of people, different kinds of people you will find in the journey. But can we just stick together? Can we just stick together in the midst of our imperfection, in the midst of feeling lost, in the midst of things, God is healing and restoring his church. You just don't know what people are carrying in their hearts. You just don't know what their journey is. Let us not be the first people to judge them, but let us always be the first people to love somebody. That's KCC. That's a biblical church. That's why we are KCC, we are family. It's not easy to be a family. But as we grow, as we multiply, as we, God keeps bringing more people into the church, it is your responsibility and my responsibility. Together, let allow the Holy Spirit to build this church. Turn to the person who's sitting next to you, give them a little tap and tell them, hey, we're going to stick together in this. We're not going anywhere. Amen. If you're visiting us for the first time and if you're thinking about making King City Church as your home church, you're welcome to do that only if the Holy Spirit is leading you to do that. Because we believe every single person who walks in here is led by the Holy Spirit. We are stronger together. We are stronger together. Divided, a house will fall. But together, a house will stand. Amen. And this church home will stand. It will stand on the word of the Lord. It will stand through the power of the living God. It will stand through the leading of the Holy Spirit. It will stand through singing during tough times. It will stand through writing, keep writing more songs during tough times. There are young people here, teenagers here who are writing songs and still in their heart, but it's going to be produced, it's going to be published. There are many who got the gift of speaking. Hey, we want to encourage you. This church has a teaching team. It is not just one man preaching. We are building a teaching team and I've been working with few people and together we want to build a teaching team so that many gets an opportunity to use the gift of teaching. Because we are all called to be unique and we got to do this together. Why is it important to be part of a church home? 
This, this means you've got to understand if we need to be together, stronger together, we've got to be keep believing in the church that God is building and keep being part of a church home. This morning, I want to quickly give you five practical and biblical reasons to be part of a church home. Are you ready? Five practical and biblical reasons to be part of a church home. Reason number one, it gives you a sense of belonging. Genesis 2.18 says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone, which means that it is not God's design for any man or any woman to be alone. Loneliness is not a part of God's plan. God wants you, I know many of you probably if you're watching online, I know testimonies in this church who have gone through ups and downs in life, ups and downs through church because of church and all these things and, and, many, and some of you might have been secluded away saying we'll hold on to Jesus, he's perfect but let's stay away from church. But now I understand, I understand what you're going through. I understand that but that is not God's plan. Give the church another chance. If God is leading you to be part of this church, come. If God is leading you to be part of some other churches that, that you feel led to, go there. Be part of the church. It will not be perfect. It is not supposed to be perfect. If you find a perfect church, run. Hello? Church is real. Church is a family. If it's perfect, we're good in covering it up maybe. But, but that's not how it's supposed to be. But God is building this church. So we are not designed to be alone. It means that we are called to be in this together. We all carry a sense of, you know, a longing for belongingness, right? I want to belong to something. I want to belong somewhere. Why do we carry that? Because God put that in our heart. God put that in our DNA that we are meant to belong together, meant to live together. Herds, herds. Together we grow, together we are stronger, together we become better and better every day. Acts 2.42 says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles. They, meaning the early church, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. The fellowship of us coming together. This is one ship I promise will not sink. I thought that was a good one. But anyway... Let's try that again, Marvin, shall we? This fellowship is the only ship that will not sink. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's better. Guys, cut the previous part, okay? Because we are coming together not because of our names, not because of our successes, not because of worldly fames and status and money or whatever. That's not why we are coming here. We are coming under one name. That name is Jesus. And he is above everyone. He is the standard. He is the Yahweh God. His name is Jesus. He's above every other names. And under his name, he will set us free. Amen. There's freedom. There's deliverance. There's salvation. So this makes us stronger. Reason number two. Reason number two. Why you need to be part of a church. You need to be discipled in a strong church. Discipleship is part of our life. As every Christian, every believer needs to be discipled. What is, who is a disciple? Anybody who follows Jesus or anybody who carries a desire to leave the world and follow Jesus. Now, this is not perfect people. 
But these are broken people. These are people with questions. These are people who's like, I'm trying to follow Jesus, but I keep falling. It is those people, but they carry a genuine desire to follow Jesus. As long as you have a genuine desire, and as long as you're part of a church family who can help you in this journey, you are safe. You will be stable, and you will be protected by the word of the Lord. If you are the sheep, Please be part of the flock. Amen. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Now, this is the fivefold ministry that happens inside the church. Apostleship, prophetic, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. Who are the saints? You. It's talking about you. Amen. Look at the saint who is sitting next to you and give them a saintly smile, shall you? Like, will you? Come on, I'm a saint. What is your saint smile? All right. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith, which means that we need to be together to attain unity. You understand this? We are not together because we are united. Hello? We know that. We are not together because we are united, but we are here together because we want to attain unity in faith, which means that the first step of attaining unity is coming together. In Tamil Nadu, we saw that, right? During Jallikattu problem, everybody came together. I mean, some people who were there has never seen a Jallikattu in their life. But they came together because there was this emptiness. There was something that people wanting to be part of. And they came together. Coming together, being together is the first part or first step of attaining unity. That is why coming to church every Sunday is important. Being part of all the gatherings are important. Because what we are trying to do is attain unity in faith. Not in any worldly ideas, not in any worldly philosophies, but the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? We are not promoting any worldly philosophies here. We are, pro- we are here to live under the truth. Amen? And the truth is Jesus Christ. The knowledge, that is the knowledge of the Son of God to mature in the manhood, to measure to the stature of the fullness of Jesus. So the church provides a nurturing environment where we can receive teaching, Receive discipleship, receive mentoring, and grow in your faith and become mature in Jesus Christ. This is why life groups are so important. You kept hearing testimonies about life groups that even uh, somebody thought it's a support group. Actually, it is like a support group. We have a great time of venting and eating. (laughs) It's good. It's good for your soul. And we also learn from the word of the Lord. If you're not part of any life group, please come and talk to us. We will put you in one life group. And also, here's the important part. Why do you need to be disciple? Discipleship happens from this pulpit also. In church, there are many ministries. And also, there is a ministry called the ministry from the pulpit. You understand? There's a ministry from the pulpit. The ministry from the pulpit is led by the Holy Spirit. Even though there is an order of service, there are times it just goes out and the Holy Spirit just comes and engulfs and the Holy Spirit starts taking over. And every Sunday after Sunday, we have heard people say, God spoke to me what I needed to hear. Anybody testifying to that? Has anybody experienced, God spoke to me 
what I needed, right? We are all, how did that happen? I did not plan it. The worship team did not plan it. It's the work of the Holy Spirit through the pulpit. There's no power in the pulpit. It's just us coming together and the faithfulness of few people who are wanting to see God move. And you see, there's a pulpit ministry that flows from here. And you see that there is a blessing, not only here and also online. Many people across the world are being blessed. But then there is also off-pulpit ministry, off-stage ministry, where we are called to encourage one another. Check on each other, love one another, forgive one another, correct one another. There are 59 one another verses in the Bible and we are called to do that all. Amen? So it is really important that you need to be discipled in a strong church. Reason number three, accountability and encouragement. When you're part of a flock, you will be held accountable and you'll also be encouraged. Now this is a part not many people would like. I will do whatever I want. Nobody should question me. It doesn't work that way in church. Amen. This means that, you know, everybody will help you and everybody will keep you accountable. Accountability is not a word to control you, right? I'm not talking about spiritual manipulation. Under accountability and under spiritual authority, a lot of spiritual manipulation is going on. I am not talking about that. What I'm talking about is that when we are part of a word-centered church, we will become word-centered accountability. Amen? You're not accountable to my opinion. God does not care about my opinion. You're not accountable to the pastor's opinion, but you're accountable to the word of the Lord. And me as a pastor, I shouldn't lead you according to my opinion, but I should tell you the truth of what the Lord says, whether you like it or not. That's where we are accountable. And this is what, what we are called to do to one another also. If you see a brother struggling, keep them accountable in the word of the Lord. If you see them drifting, keep them accountable in the word of the Lord, which means that we need to know the word. Hello, somebody. Not the word that we think we know. We need to know the real word. That is why it is important that you read the word. So we need to do accountability with biblical truth and utmost love. Amen? Where does accountability fall come from? Word and? Everybody say word and? Everybody say, if you want to eat, come on, say it fast. Word and? Nobody wants to eat in this church. All right. And also, as you're part of a church, you will find restoration. This accountability helps you restore from wrong beliefs, wrong thinking patterns, and it will put you back in the right track. That is why mutual submission is so important. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another man. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody is perfect. We have all fallen short, but we all have the word of the Lord and we can keep moving forward. Reason number four, why do you need to be part of a spiritual home? The spiritual home will design your spiritual diet and it will design your spiritual maturity. You're all hungry. You all follow a diet, right? Right? You all have you have shaker's diet, you drink, you have vegeta vegetarian diet. I have always followed a biblical diet 
which is pure non-vegetarian. And if you believe in that, say aloud, amen. amen. I am glad this church is a biblical church. No offense to vegetarians, no offense to vegetarians, no offense to vegans, I pray for you. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to do good works, not neglecting to meet together as it's the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. What is the day that is drawing near? That is the return of Jesus Christ. But until the return of Jesus Christ, we need to stir up one another. Everybody do this. Stir up. Come on. Everybody, come on, do this. Right? Have you ever been part of stirring up stories? Come on, keep doing this. This is a very important. Come on. If you're not doing it, I know you're the stirrer. Ah, very good. Now everybody, oh, you, you, can't put stir. All right? Don't stir up. Everybody declare with me, all right? We are going to do some, uh, you know, uh, prophetic declaration over our lives. I will never stir up gossip. I will never say things about another believer which is not supposed to be spoken about. I will only stir. Why are you not stirring? This is the important part. Come on. I will only stir. If somebody is sleeping next to you, wake them up. Tell them we are stirring. This will be the piasum at the end of the service. Come on. I will only stir. Love. Compassion. Generosity, Generosity. encouragement, Encouragement. words of faith, words of of wisdom, words of of understanding, understanding. and the word of the Lord. Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, give yourself a big round of applause. Shall we be that church? Because it's easy to stir. Sometimes we stir like this, sometimes we stir like this also. Right? But easy to stir up somebody else's weakness. It's so easy. It's, yes, it's easy to stir up things that is not support, supposed to be stirred up. It's easy to stir up negativity. It's easy to stir up conflict. But it's not easy to stir up peace. It is not easy to stir up love. It is not easy to stir up unity. And the Bible says that you are to stir up one another to love and for good works. Don't be the first person to point out what, what others failed in. They know already. Hey, that happened to you. I told you no. May that not be the first thing that you know, comes out. Even though everything in you wants to say, I, I told you so. I told you so, right? But, but don't do that. Don't do that. Even in your own families, don't do that. Words have power. Words have power. You, you are speaking things into life. In the beginning was the word. Why? It has power. You are God's creation. And every word that comes out of your mouth, it has power. Speak carefully over your children. As they grow up, some of your parents are wondering, Hey, why is my son walking like a donkey? Because you prophesied that over his life when he was 10 years old. 
that hit hard everybody's quiet don't do like donkey don't do monkey business pastor please pray for my son he cannot make a decision please pray for my daughter she cannot make it her mind is always jumping 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 you know why because you prophesied on your own children that they will be monkeys that they will be donkeys and they'll be this they'll be that let me tell you something we are called to be biblical parents lead your family like we lead the church church starts at home not here you are bringing home to here this is a different pastor i think you are deviating pastor let's stick to this part don't come into our homes pastor i am sorry the word of the lord will come into your home because that's where the real deal is be careful what you speak in anger be careful what you're stirring up in your home be careful because your home is also where the presence of the lord dwells your family is where the presence i i i know it's frustrating i'm not a perfect person i have said things that i shouldn't have said be 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 careful what you speak over your husband in your anger be careful what you speak over your wife because words will manifest stir up one another in your families with love and with good works be the first to appreciate and not depreciate the satan his full time job is depreciating but we are not in that team we are in god's team we are a team where god says my grace is sufficient for you we are in a team where god looks at you when you're falling down and he does not come come to you and say i know you will fall down no 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 the bible says while you were yet sinners christ came for you which means that he was waiting for you to fall down so that he will have an opportunity to pick you up you and i let's wait when people are about to fall down just rush and you'll be the first person to hold them together can we be that church not watch for somebody to fall but just if they are struggling encourage them help them but even beyond that they are not able to do it let's run let's help let's love let's tear up love that's the spiritual diet this is the church that will design your spiritual diet you will be hungry for the word of the lord and not of the world you will be hungry for obedience to god and not rebellion against god you'll be hungry to mature in the lord which means that many sermons might feel like a slap in your face everybody say ah ha ah, many of you still didn't get the slap yet keep coming keep coming you will many times when i prepare my sermon i get ah most sermons that i write is i write for myself hallelujah everybody is a work in progress it will help you but that pain is a good pain like this pain where the word of the lord is hitting you that's a good pain you need that good pain so that you will not go through other painful experiences in your life that was not god intended but this is god intended and this will lead you into spiritual maturity you'll be fed through spiritual discipline you'll be fed through praise and worship you'll be fed through the word reason number 5 and i'm going to finish with this 
fulfilling the greater purpose together. We are called to fulfill the greater purpose together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, uh, 27. This is what it says. Now, you are the body of Christ, and individually, you are the members of it. You see what it's saying? Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, you are the body of Christ. That is, we are all together. But you are also an individual member. There is an individuality that you bring to this church. So as a person, you are important. So your presence here is important. Your presence here as being part of the gathering is very important. The reason is, we are not just fulfilling our individual purposes. Many of you testified since I moved to this church. God bless me with this. God bless me with that. All of that is individual visions and things that God has given for you. But amongst that individual uh, visions, amongst that individual purposes, God is also fulfilling a bigger purpose, fulfilling the greater purpose. You know what the greater purpose is? Is building the kingdom of God. We are all unique. We all have uniqueness and individual purposes, but we also have a corporate purpose. That is a challenge that is in front of us which is to fulfill this greater purpose. Now, during the gift, we gave this bookmark. Everybody have it, right? Can you please pick it up quickly? Just go for it, pick it up quickly. And if you see behind that bookmark, you know, it's, there, is, there is something written, which is nothing but the vision of this church, all right? Can we read it out together? Can we read it out together? Can we have that on screen? One, two, three, go. We exist to reach people far from God into new life in Christ. This is all we are about. This is the challenge. This is the greater purpose, which means that God will do this through you. If you're in the corporate world, find people who are far from God and bring them into new life in Christ. It does not say we exist to reach people far from God so that they will come into King City Church. No, 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 no. That will be wrong. God will not add before his work. The Holy Spirit does his work, save and be added. And also the God, Holy Spirit, he will do a saving work and they will come and they will be saved and they will be added. So what we are called to do is we exist to reach people far from God into new life in Christ Jesus. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the Great Commission. With this in hand, we have work to do. Everybody say, we have work to do. We have work to do. You know, in the beginning of my sermon, I said, we are not going to stop in six because six is a very important year and six is easy to give up. In the church planting journey, many, many people say six is the year where you can become easily complacent, where you can easily become satisfied. It's a year that many churches shift from movement to management. Hello? Movement is, I want to reach, keep reaching more people. Let's keep going. Management is like, let's keep the people inside. <laughs> let's just manage what we have. Polo, we got under people. Let's just, that's all good, good, good. No, 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 no. We are not a management people. We are a movement of God's people. We'll keep seeing more people, more lives being transformed. So with that in mind, like, like the Holy Spirit spoke to us, as we move from six to seven, year of completion, year of perfection. God is giving a challenge in front of us. And the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, spoke to us and also to our team and in our staff team, we are praying, we are saying, hey, let's do something practical in our anniversary. 
right? It's, it's great we come and celebrate, right? We've built an altar. We set Thanksgiving during our worship. But we're gonna, not going to stop here. We're going to look forward to seven. We're going to look forward to seven. And there are going to be some exciting announcements coming up in this year. This year, God is going to bring in new pastors, more churches, and more great move of God we are going to see by the end of the seventh year. Hello, somebody. You're with me. You're excited. Come on, clap and give God the glory. But today we're going to take a challenge. The challenge is called the seven. Everybody say the seven. Why the seven? This is what the challenge is. We are going to be available for seven people. Okay, you hear me this clearly? We are going to be available for seven people this year. From this June to next June. So that you will reach them with the love of God. And help them to fulfill the purpose of the Lord. The seventh challenge is basically, we want to see God do something in the lives of seven people before our seventh year anniversary. You are going to do this. In the back of the card, it says, my seven. Alright? And I've given the this, this seven blank spaces. I want you to take this with you and you are going to find uh, through prayer, all right, through prayer, I want you to find, um, you know, seven people who are far from God, right? We exist to reach people far from God into new life in Christ. Now, when I say far from God, I'm not just talking about other religious people. I'm talking about Christians included. Hey, all right. A couple of people can be Christians too who are Christians but not really Christ following. They've given up on God. They're just namesake, namesake. So we, Jesus is needed for in the church and outside the church. Healing is needed inside and outside. We are here to serve the local church and the global church. So we exist to reach people for anybody who's far from God in their hearts and you know and you know that God will restore them maybe they they went away from God because because they lost a loved one in their family and they couldn't understand that many people have gone to atheism they start believing God right I met a young person many young people I met a young person who said pastor I'm a Christian atheist dude I've never heard of this term before explain this to me Christian atheist he said Christian by birth, atheist by choice. I asked him why? Because it takes greater faith to believe that there is no God than to say that there is God. Man, why? why? And he, he told me about his experience of how he lost his father and blah, 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 a lot of things. And, and if there was a God, why would he allow this to happen? Many people give up in God when they face suffering. Because they're not able to understand the meaning of suffering. So there are many out there like that. And there are also many people who have still not even heard the gospel. Other religious people. So find your seven. Will you do that? Will you do that? Come on. Raise your bookmark and say, I will do that. This is the challenge, okay? So we're going to do this. And this is the strategy we are going to use. This is what you're going to do. You're only going to do three things. For the next one year from this june 18th to the next june 18th this is what you're going to do you're going to pray for the seven all right you're going to try to meet those seven people in different occasions and you're going to repeat that okay 
pray. Everybody say, I'm going to pray. I will meet. I will repeat this. During meet, you can also eat. All right? Take time to pray. When you go home, pray and write these seven names. Take time to meet them. Just don't write names and then you don't even meet them. At least if they're far, at least do a video call. Right? Wherever they are, try to engage with them because your engagement is an open door for God to minister through you into their lives. Right? And if you're physically meeting with them, meet, eat, celebrate them as, as whatever and keep it genuine. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep doing that and keep praying. You know what? The Holy Spirit will stir up. You might be thinking you are initiating. No, no, no. You're not initiating this. The Holy Spirit has already gone ahead. Philip was running towards the chariot. Philip did not know there was a man in the chariot. There was a eunuch in the chariot who was reading God's word and needs the gospel to be explained. He was running. The chariot was coming. They met. The Lord spoke. God saved. And God baptized. On the way. If some of you praying to take baptism, let me tell you something. Hey. <laughs> One person who was driving in the Bible, he was in the horse, got saved and in the journey itself he got baptized. This journey of life, this journey of salvation, jump into the water, make that commitment is a public declaration of your private decision. Don't wait for it. So write your my seven and start doing this, shall we? Can we all stand together and with faith lift this? Don't forget about this. After you've written your seven, take a picture of it and send it to the church mobile number or maybe to my WhatsApp. The reason I want it is so that I can pray with you as you pray. Amen. All of your prayer cards, just take a picture after you've written the name and send it to us. And the prayer team will be praying every week. We're going to pray in our staff meetings. We're going to pray in our united prayers. We're going to pray in every chance we get so that seven people will life be transformed by as we finish the seventh year amen are you ready are you excited about your seven are you excited about your seven amen thank you for listening to our sermon today we hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family if you would like to support our ministry you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give and if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe and hit the bell icon to be notified on our upcoming sermon. We hope to see you next week with another inspiring sermon. Until then, God bless you all.